0: At this moment, we're going to uh, go into the Word of God as uh, Peter preaches for us. Uh, so why don't we turn to the Book of Ruth? So if you have a Bible, you want to turn to the Book of Ruth. There's no slides, uh, kind of like a running theme over the last couple of months. No slides, so keep your Bible or your phones open. Um, we're going to the Book of Ruth. Uh, it's in the Old Testament, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, then Ruth. If you've gone to Psalms, you've gone too far, you want to kind of turn back. Um, Book of Ruth. Chapter 2, uh, we're going to be in chapter 2 today. I'm going to read verse 17 to 20, um, but I believe uh, Peter's preaching um, beyond that. But we're going to read Ruth chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. All right, would you follow along with me? Verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until, until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. This is the Word of God.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Um, Hello and and, uh, welcome again, everyone, to church. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Peter. Peter. And I have the joy and privilege of preaching to you today. Um, And I'll actually be preaching throughout this whole month uh, as we go through one of my favorite books, uh, the book of Ruth together. Uh, This book takes us through the life of two women, Ruth and Naomi, and and the different seasons of life that they go through. Uh, And in it, we see a God who is committed uh, to not just these women, but his people. And I said this last week, but my hope and prayer for us this month is to be able to see that, you know, not only is this God awesome, But He is my God, and He is our God. And in that, uh, find comfort and find a reason to continue to trust in Him and follow Him together. Now last week, we uh, read the first chapter. The first chapter talks a lot about the sufferings of Naomi. And we drew some helpful lessons about suffering from this chapter. We said that, yes, because we live in a broken and sinful world, there will be suffering, which sucks. And so sometimes... We will need to borrow the strength and the faith of those around us by leaning on them and asking them to pray with us. Sometimes it will be hard to come back to God because maybe we're, you know, still in the tough seasons. And yet we ended last week by saying that we must, we must run back to God for there is always hope that can be found in him. And that's how we ended the chapter last week. You know, in the midst of a really gloomy chapter, we ended on one verse that left us with a glimpse of hope. in the midst of the worst time of their lives. And today, we start to see that hope manifest. And, and, and we see that through a series of surprises that occur in the life of Ruth and Naomi. And the, and the big message that I would love for us to take away from today is this. God always knows what He's doing, so we can trust in Him. God always knows what He is doing, so we can trust in Him. Why don't we pray together, and then we'll dive into this story and see what we can find. Let me pray. Father God we come before you and lay down our struggles our worries our questions before you to say that there is hope in you we confess is much easier to say than to actually believe and live out we pray that you would help us to help us by your spirit to be a people who understand who you are how sovereign you are and how good you are that no matter what season we go through we might be able to trust in you always help me today to speak clearly as I unpack this story and I pray that you'll speak to all of our hearts, and by your spirit that you would inspire and amaze us, that we would grow in our trust in you. This time is worship, Lord, so be honored and glorified. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Uh, you, you may or may not know, but about three years ago, I had made plans to go overseas and study and live for a little bit. Uh, I think I was in a similar place to what I am now, just wanting a bit of a change and a bit of a break. And so I thought it might be fun to go elsewhere and live live life and experience life there. So I started making plans. I applied for seminary in California. Uh, I I made a trip out to LA to interview for the school. Uh, Whilst I was there through some friends, I got connected to a a church in San Francisco, and I had the opportunity to be a part of this church and serve at this uh, new upcoming church. And everything was good to go. The school accepted me Uh, And they won't stop emailing me today still, so it's a little annoying. (laughs) And I was in conversation with the head pastor, you know, making plans for my future. But uh, God had other plans. Long story short, that's around the time that I started to get to know uh, Amy a little bit more personally. And after a lot of thinking and praying and not knowing what to do, really, uh, I decided not to go overseas and and give this relationship a go. And and now in hindsight, I can tell you that was the, the best thing I did for various reasons. Uh, this was January when I made the decision not to go uh, of 2020, and I was meant to fly out in March. Um, but instead, that March, COVID hit, and everything locked down. Uh, America is probably one of the more dangerous places to be, and perhaps it would be much scarier and lonelier for someone like me who had just arrived a few weeks before that. On a brighter note, uh, during that time, I was able to develop this relationship, which le- later led to marriage. And you know, two, three years later, here we have a, a beautiful child. And for that, I am so thankful. And I can now see, looking back, that God had a good plan for my life. My mom actually says, God sent Amy to save me from COVID and America. And it's true. But God has been really good to me, and I know that now. And I can say that in hindsight. But the reality is, when I was in the midst of those decisions, uh, I had no idea. right? I had no idea what God was doing in my life. I was so confused about what He had planned for me. And so I didn't know what to do. And friends, isn't that often what life is like? Uh, Things are much clearer in hindsight, right? Uh, But when we're in the midst of confusion, in the midst of decisions, in the midst of struggle, perhaps we have no idea what God is doing. We have no idea what God is going to do. And perhaps uh, some of us here find ourselves in that kind of a place today. And that is why I think today's passage is so encouraging, because that's where Ruth and Naomi find themselves. Today, uh, in a place of not knowing what's going on, not knowing what God has planned, and maybe even wondering, why the heck are these things happening to me? And what we'll find through this part of their story today is that God always knows what He's doing. And I hope and pray that we would see that that is not just true for them, but it is true for us. And and I pray that in that we'd find comfort together today. I have three things I want to highlight, three encouragements I want to give to you as we look through the second chapter of Ruth And the first is this. Sometimes the best we can do is stay faithful to today. Sometimes the best we can do is stay faithful to today. Like I said, the reality is most times we have no idea what God is doing and what He will do, right? Whether it is in the area of our relationships, whether it is in the area of our career, our health, faith, children, future, etc. etc. Sometimes, and most times, We have no idea what God is doing and what God has planned. So what do we do? Well, that is exactly where Ruth and Naomi find themselves as we open up the second chapter. They had just come back from Moab, an enemy land of of Israel, remember? Ten years away. All the men in the family have just died, and they live in a society that disallows women from working and providing for themselves. So they have no hope for a future. They are in the worst time of their lives. And in such a time, what we see today is Ruth simply stays faithful to what she can do today. I'm going to skip verse 1 because we'll come back to it. But let's read verse 2 of chapter 2. It says, and Ruth the Moabite, and this is just reminding us, hey, she's the Moabite. She doesn't belong here. Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi. Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. This was a time when women couldn't work. But this was also a place that was dangerous for Moabite women. Because of Israel's history with Moab, Moabite women were looked at as dirty. And there was a high chance they'll be discriminated and even abused. But despite the uncertainty and despite the dangers, Ruth asks, Can I go and glean? Why? Because that's the best that she could do with the circumstances that she had. Now, gleaning was uh, a system that God implemented in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, essentially to help provide for people like uh, Ruth and Naomi, widows and people who could not work. Uh, God said to his people, in certain areas of your farms, certain corners, if you drop grain, as you're picking up grain, if you drop it, don't pick it up and leave it for those who need it, like Ruth and Naomi, to pick it up and feed for themselves. And just on a side note, that, for me, that reminds me again that God is a God who, you know, He looks after His people. He never leaves us without hope. He's a gracious God. But gleaning by no means was a, a glamorous thing. It was as close to begging as you could get. Uh, and again, for more by women woman, there would be a high chance that she'd be rejected from their fields. Which is why she says, let me go and glean after him in whose sight I shall find favor. She needed favor. She needed someone to look upon her with favor and with grace. And so the point here is she wasn't even guaranteed that she would get anything today. There was no guarantee that she would come back with anything today. But despite the uncertainty and despite the danger, Ruth decides to go and glean. She decides to go and glean. She simply looks to what she can do today rather than being bogged down by the things that she can't control, the uncertainties, she stays faithful to today. She just does what she can. Brothers and sisters, I wanted to take this time to encourage us that if and when we find ourselves feeling a little lost, unsure of what God has planned in my life and why He is doing certain things in my life, or feeling worried about the things that I'm waiting for, but it's just not happening in my life. Let us learn from the character of Ruth today and just do what we can today. Because sometimes, that's the best you can do. I think the world we live in teaches us to think that we have, you know, control over our future and our destiny, which, you know, to a certain extent we do. Uh, but at the same time, the reality is we have no idea what tomorrow holds, Right? There is so much uncertainty if you think about it, what will happen tomorrow, what won't happen tomorrow, when and if that person that I'm praying for will become a Christian, when that family member or friend will become healthy again, when that thing that I'm waiting for will finally happen in my life. None of us can know for sure when those things will happen, if at all. So let us not get bogged down by those things, crippled by those things. But simply look to what we can do to honor God today in the responsibilities that he's given to us as a father, as a mother, as a brother, sister, as a worker, as a student, as a Christian. And wait and see what God does in your life. Because he knows what you need and he loves you. I'm reminded of a passage in Matthew chapter 6. You may know this. It says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I love that. So just seek first his kingdom, Jesus says. Do what you can to honor God. Do what you can to honor God. Even if it's little. Some commentators say that he, he, Naomi could have gone as well with Ruth to glean. But the reality is she was just too sad and too bitter to, to go out and work. So the best that Naomi could do in this situation was letting Ruth go. And that's what she did. And that's okay. Ruth went out. Naomi sent out. Neither of them knew what God had planned But in their actions, I believe there is a deep trust that God will look after me. I don't know what that's going to look like, but God's going to look after me. I'm just going to stay faithful to what I can do today. I'm sure many of us are sitting here feeling unsure about what's going to happen this year. uh, Or maybe five, ten years from now in the area of your career in the area of your relationships, physical, spiritual, health, faith, family, just future decisions, and as, as good as planning is, the question that I want to, to ask you today is, you know, what can you do today as a Christian to honor the Lord in those areas of your life? And maybe, maybe that just means being a really good mom, or a faithful friend, or a committed church member, a worker who evangelizes, or maybe you're just struggling and the best you can do is just pray one sentence or read one verse or come to church and just sing one song. Whatever it is you can do, do it and wait and see what God does with your faithfulness. Stay faithful to today because sometimes that's the best we can do and watch and see what God does in your life. Because, and here's my second point, sometimes God will surprise us with his kindness. God will surprise us with his kindness. And here is where we'll spend most of our time looking at this chapter. This chapter is about surprises. Uh, There are a series of seemingly coincidental and surprising things that occur in the life of Ruth that later on turns out to be the kindness of God in her life. And we'll see that together. Let's go back to verse 1. It says, now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Now, if you remember, at the end of chapter 1, Ruth and Naomi were standing there with no hope and no future. And in the very next chapter, the first thing that we're told is, there is this man named Boaz, who is a good man, but more importantly, he is a a relative of Elimelech. Now, to appreciate this, we need to understand that uh, culturally, there were rules that the people of God had to follow. Widows who had lost their husband, could only be remarried to someone in their family. And we will later find out that this is called your kinsman redeemer. You can only be redeemed or restored to a fruitful life by very specific people. And by telling us in verse 1 that Boaz is in the clan of Elimelech, immediately sparks hope in our story. It, like, immediately sparks hope in this otherwise gloomy story. Because he, he is the one that can redeem Ruth. And then the camera pans back to Ruth as Ruth decides to go out gleaning in hope that she can find something. And, and let's read verse 3. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. Now, do you see the kindness of God? It's already working in Ruth's life. As far as Ruth is concerned, she's just doing what she can today. She's just doing what she can to be faithful today. But we as the audience get this unique perspective to see that God, in fact, is already working in her life. Because we're told that of all the fields that Ruth could have found to work in, she happened to come to. Or in the original language, it's like as chance would have it. She finds herself in Boaz's field. And in case you forgot, the author reminds us, this guy, he's in the clan of Elimelech. Which is the important part. He's not just some random dude. He's the key to Ruth and Naomi being restored and redeemed from this life of suffering. Now, the surprises don't end there. Because in the very next verse, we read, verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Now, commentators say that when someone owned a field back in, you know, these times, they probably had a few fields. Now, they would only really visit their field once every, you know, once or twice a month. That was kind of usual. Uh, And they probably had to, you know, visit all the fields, you know, make the rounds. And yet, of all the days that Boaz could have visited this particular field, it happened to be today. And of all the people that are working and gleaning, Of all the people that catches the eye of Boaz, it happens to be Ruth that catches his eye. Verse 5, then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And his workers then proceed to tell him all about Ruth and her story. In verse 6. So Ruth happens to find herself on this particular field owned by the guy that can redeem and restore her. And Boaz, the owner, happens to come out to this field on this particular day, and Ruth happens to catch his eye. Now, is this all coincidence? No. This, brothers and sisters, is the kindness of God showing in the life of Ruth. And the crazy thing is, she doesn't even know it yet. Again, we as the audience get this unique perspective. We see God's kindness working in her life already. She doesn't even know it yet. She's just... Working hard to stay faithful to what she can do today. And here's a bit of a side thing that I wanted to point out. This shows us that God's kindness in our life may not always be obvious. But that does not mean he is not working in our lives. And it was certainly working in the life of Ruth. So after hearing this story about Ruth... Uh, Ruth finds favor in Boaz's eyes. Boaz is moved in his heart. And so Boaz approaches her and he extends uh, protection and provision for her. Verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Remember, this is a Moabite woman. She does not belong. She was meant to be discriminated and abused because of the place that she's in. But by God's grace, she finds favor in the eyes of Boaz. And now she has a place to work. And now she has a place that she will be safe, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And still, she doesn't know the craziest part of the story about who Boaz is. Now, why has she found favor? Ruth asks, why have I found favor in your eyes? In verse 10. And Boaz answers, verse 11. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now, this is a a moment of theological teaching that I think Boaz is giving us. In a nutshell, Boaz is saying, why? Because you chose God. Because you trusted in God. Because even though you had no reason to, you chose to honor God and follow God. I want the Lord to reward you for that. And then Ruth answers in verse 12, He has rewarded me. Through you today. Friends, I don't think it's theologically wrong to say that when we choose to love and honor and trust in the Lord, He will look after us. Uh, This is not the prosperity gospel. This is understanding the promises and the character of our God. The God who the Bible says works for the good of those that love Him, Romans 8. The God who the Bible says honors those who serve Him, John 12. The God who the Bible says will look after everything else if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Matthew 6. And that is why the the first point of this sermon uh, was so important to me. Because we can easily take this message and and walk away with, yeah, God is kind. He's meant to be kind to me. He's going to look after me and then just kind of live our lives with this entitled mindset that God is just going to give me things and look after me. But there is a reason Ruth found favor in the eyes of Boaz. And there's a reason Ruth found favor in the eyes of God is because Ruth stayed faithful to her today and did what she could to honor God even in a season of great suffering. She was not entitled. She simply trusted and she just stayed faithful. And here was her reward. So brothers, sisters, I wanted to I want to encourage you again today uh, as a point of application. Choose faithfulness in your own ways, big and small. Choose faithfulness to God today and see how God rewards your faithfulness with his kindness, just as he did in the life of Ruth. And, And this kindness is no ordinary kindness. When God looks after us, he looks after us. And we see this embodied in, in Boaz's continued kindness to Ruth. Verse 14. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. Do you see? Ruth came out today not even sure if she would get anything. Right? I, she was like, I'm prepared to come home with empty, like, empty hands. But she, we see her here sitting at the table of Boaz where she did not belong and she's able to eat to satisfaction and there's more left over. There is abundance. The theme here is abundance of kindness being poured out to Ruth. I love that, Ruth's small step of faith Small step of, you know, staying faithful to today, and God rewards her with this abundance of kindness. That is our God. And then after the meal, Boaz gives time for Ruth to glean some more. And he actually tells his men to to drop some extra for her, which I think is kind of cute. Verse 16, he goes, and also, he's talking to his, his men, also pull out some of the bundle for her and leave it on on the ground for her to glean and do not rebuke her. Right? Kindness. Just just. Abundant, crazy kindness. In verse 17, it says, so she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an effa of barley, which, which is 22 liters. I don't even know what that looks like. Abundance, abundance, abundance. That's the theme here. Friends, sometimes all we can do is stay faithful to today. Again, it could be a small thing. Just a small prayer that you pray, just because that's the only thing you can utter. Sometimes that's all we can do, just staying faithful to today. And in response, sometimes God will surprise us with his abundant kindness, just as he did in the life of Ruth. It may not look the way you want it to, right? But he will definitely provide in the ways that you need him to. And we see this in the final verses of our chapter today. Because believe it or not, the true abundance of God's kindness was yet to be revealed in this story. The, the food and the kindness of Boaz was just a, a foreshadowing of what God is really trying to give Ruth. And we see that when Ruth returns with all this food home. And here's my, my third and final point. Uh, God always knows what he is doing. So let us trust in him. God always knows what he is doing. So let us trust in him. As far as Ruth is concerned, these are just a series of random good things that happened in her life. Just surprising things that happened in her life. Maybe it's a lucky day that she's having. And then she comes home with all this food and an amazing story to tell. And when Naomi sees Ruth from afar, she is shocked, right? She's like shocked. First of all, with all the food that she's got in her hand. And she asks immediately, verse 19, where did you clean today? Right? Right? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And this is the, the climax for me of this chapter. Because you and I, we know who Boaz is, because we found out in verse 1 of chapter 2. But Ruth has no idea who he is. As far as Ruth is concerned, he's just some really kind, rich dude. Uh, Naomi knows who Boaz is, but she doesn't know that that's where Ruth has been all day. And then here's the moment where those two kind of pieces of information align. Ruth tells her mother-in-law, verse 19, at the end, the man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And I imagine like a moment of silence here, and then an eruption of joy in the heart of Naomi. As she says in verse 20, may he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. That man, he's a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Naomi celebrates, but she doesn't celebrate Boaz. She celebrates the Lord, whose kindness, she says, has not forsaken the living or the dead. For Naomi, it immediately made sense. This is God, right? This is God. Whilst she doubted before, whilst she was bitter before, she understands now that God knew what he was doing all along. She now trusts that God has not abandoned her. That this was his plan all along. And she celebrates. Praise the Lord. Boaz was God's kindness and commitment being expressed to Ruth and Naomi and their family. Boaz would be the key to the restoration. He was the redeemer they needed. And Ruth just bumped into him. She just walked out and bumped into him. Coincidence? No way. This is the kindness of God. Working to give Ruth and Naomi exactly what they needed. And we are reminded in this, that God indeed knows what he is doing. Even when things don't make sense to us, even when they feel like and look like and seem like coincidence, he knows what he is doing. And I love this last bit. I'm just adding this last bit because I find it's funny. When Ruth finds out who Boaz is as well, she kind of boasts, uh, in verse 21, he goes, well, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men. In other words, Ruth's like, and I think he likes me. And he wants me around. And she's kind of boasting. And then verse 22 is funny because Naomi's like, good. Right? she goes, it is good, my daughter. Go. <laughs> go be around him. And then in chapter 3, we're going to see mother-in-law, you know, go full blown. She's like, put on makeup, you know, making a shower and things like that. It's kind of funny. But what a surprising day, right? What a surprising day. Uh, Ruth happened to come onto the field and happened to meet the man who owned the field and happened to find favor in his eyes and happened to eat her satisfaction and was able to return home with an abundance of food. And the man that provided for her happened to be the guy that's able to restore and redeem her in her life. What a surprising day. I'm reminded of what Naomi said at the end of chapter 1. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Do you guys remember that? I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. And that is contrasted here with Ruth, who has left the house empty, but it comes back with her hands and her heart full. And the most important surprise here is that at the beginning of this chapter, Ruth and Naomi had no future. And now by God's kindness and grace through Boaz, that future has been restored. The hope that they did not know they had, God reveals to them. And we end this chapter with excitement, celebration, and anticipation for what God's going to continue to do in the life of Ruth and Naomi. And with all that in mind, how much easier then is it for us to say, what a good idea it was that Ruth went out to glean? How easy is it to look at that this story and go, yeah. What a good idea that Ruth went out and gleaned today. It's the best thing she did, right? But like I said in the beginning, things are always easier in hindsight. I'm sure Ruth left the house feeling scared. She was doubtful. She had no idea what God had planned and what God would do in her life today. But do you know who always knew? God did. God did. God knew and he knows what he is doing in our lives today as well. There are no accidents or coincidences with God. He's doing what he, He's doing in your life with a plan. Brothers and sisters, our God is a kind God. He's a kind God. He does not leave us in our struggles without hope. He does not leave us in our, in our worries without, without hope. And He is wanting to pour out an abundance of kindness in our lives. And if sending His Son to die for us on the cross does not show that, I don't know what does. He is committed to us. He's committed to pouring out His kindness and His love to us. Will you trust? Will you trust that God knows what He is doing? And go out and seek to be faithful to your today, each day, with whatever God has placed in front of you. And see how His kindness unfolds in your life as well. And I pray that, that you would. And I pray that we would see His kindness unfold in our lives. And I hope and pray that our church will become a place full of testimonies because we continue to trust in Him daily with the big and small things. And as we see and recognize the abundant grace that He is continuing to pour out in our church. Has it been a while since you had a testimony to tell in your life? Maybe you haven't gone out and been faithful to your today that day, given, giving God the opportunity to pour out His kindness in your life. I pray that we'll do this. I pray that God will do amazing things in our lives as he's done in the life of Ruth. Amen? And we'll continue the story next week in Ruth chapter 3. Why don't we pray together? And we'll pray a simple prayer. Um, Maybe there are some things in your life that you're thinking about, some decisions that you need to make, some things you're worried about and things that are just on your mind a lot. You just need to, you just need to trust in the Lord more. And you know it. Uh, we can't muster that up ourselves. And we know it because we've tried. So let's come before God and ask Him, Lord, teach me to trust in You. As we pray, why don't you also pray, God, help me to remember. And again, trust and believe that You know what You're doing in my life. And so help me, God, with conviction, to be able to surrender control and just stay faithful to what I have today. Just to continue to work hard at being faithful to you and honoring you in the small things. in The words that I speak in the way that I approach people in the way that I work in the way that I do relationships in the way that I serve a church or worship you each week. Teach me to just be faithful to that and leave all the big stuff to you, God. Trusting that you will look after me pouring out your abundant kindness in my life. Teach me to trust in you. Show me how to trust you. Why don't we make that our prayer together today, church? Let's pray.